Welcome to Tabernacle of Praise, Church of God in Christ, where we believe in encouraging, empowering, and equipping people to live victoriously through Jesus Christ. Join us now as we enter into our worship experience. We pray that this service will be a blessing to you and your life. Acknowledging, hallelujah, that it is the Lord's doing. Glory to God, and it certainly is marvelous in our eyes. Would you help me to appreciate one more time the Tabernacle of Praise Church ministry team, praise team? Amen. We're just uh, thankful, amen, for uh, the gift that God has given us in the ministry. Of, of music. It is so instrumental in helping to set the tone and the atmosphere so that ultimately it makes all the rest of the things that we do that much easier uh, when it comes to ministry and serving the people of the Lord. I want to go very quickly to uh, the word of the Lord. I uh, uh, want to make sure that I communicate effectively. I probably won't finish because I do sense, at least certainly in my prayer time with the Lord, that it might be necessary, amen, to do some ministering after the word of the Lord. And so I uh, just want to make uh, time for that, realizing and knowing that God is certainly keenly aware of the needs that we have in this house. And so I'd like to direct your attention to the book of St. Matthew, the 17th chapter, there is a passage of scripture there that's familiar to many of us, but uh, I, there's a certain challenge uh, that's there, and I certainly want to be able to challenge the people of God uh, to really know and understand what the Spirit is saying to the church. When you have Matthew chapter 17, verse 14 say, Amen. Uh, we'll do our best to conclude our reading. There's much more that I wanted to read, but uh, we'll conclude our reading at verse 20. I invite you to read along with me if you so choose. And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and sore vexed for oftentimes he falleth into the fire, and oft into the water. And I brought him to the disciples, and they could not cure him. And Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil. Not the boy. He rebuked the devil and he departed out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Then came, his, then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief for verily I say unto you if ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed ye shall say unto this mountain remove hence to yonder place and it shall remove there's one more part here and I need you to say this with me he first says that you shall say to the mountain, remove from hence to yonder place. Get away from me. Now, say this with me. And it shall remove. And nothing, no thing shall be impossible unto you. 
the word of the Lord is blessed. Right before we pray, would you help me tell somebody my topic, my, my study subject on this morning? Would you just turn to somebody and tell somebody that God, God. wants your mind, wants your mind. To, take a leap to take a leap of faith? It's time for your mind to take a leap of faith. Let's pray. Spirit of the living God, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for this time. God, we thank you for your presence and your power that is here right now. God, to heal, to set free, to deliver. You said in your word here, oh God, hallelujah, that if we have faith the size of a grain of a mustard seed, that we could say to this mountain, whatever this mountain is, Hallelujah. I don't know what their mountain is, but I want to be able to say to my own mountain. Hallelujah. To remove from hence. Hallelujah. And move. Uh, remove from me into yonder place. Help me, God, to speak to the mountain. Hallelujah. And do it by faith. In the name of Jesus. You said without faith it's impossible to please you. But with faith, nothing is impossible. Hallelujah. And so we pray today, God, that even in these next few moments, God, that you will begin to move across this auditorium, infusing your people with faith. Hallelujah. Remove every doubt, uh, every intimidation by the enemy. Uh, hallelujah. And replace it with faith. Replace it with power. In the name of Jesus, Satan, the Lord Jesus, hallelujah, the blood of Jesus is against you now. In the name of Jesus, we take full authority over you. God has given us the Holy Ghost, and he gave us power over unclean spirits. He gave us power over serpents to take authority, and so we take authority over you in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus hallelujah we declare victory in this place victory over sin and victory over demonic forces in Jesus' name we pray we say thank you Lord amen and amen you may be seated may be seated and Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief and in studying scripture, any form of unbelief is sin. God has not given us the spirit of fear to be intimidated by the enemy, but he has given us power. He said, I go away, but I send you the comforter. I send you the Holy Ghost. He shall be with you and he shall be in you. And to enable you to do not only what you've seen me do, but greater works. In this gospel of St. Matthew, Jesus is presented uh, in an environment that gives us revelation or gives us a revealed truth and at the same time it lets us see how people react to Jesus whenever they have an encounter with Jesus. I'm not talking about an encounter with the church. I'm not even talking about an encounter with people that you think that are spiritual but when you have an encounter with Jesus. It's an interesting thing because on both sides there is a revelation of how we are and a revelation of how he is, Jesus, when we have this encounter. Just stick with me for a minute. It, many times when we have a, an encounter with Jesus, it can be unsettling and sometimes even upsetting and nerve-wracking because when we have an encounter with the Lord it not always goes the way that we have perceived that it should go 
and we have these preconceived notions as to how God ought to be able to deliver us and set us free how he should be able to uh, bless us and when we pray we already have it sort of preconceived in our mind how it should go only when we begin to see God move it does he doesn't move in the way that we thought he would and 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 we begin to be able to lose our our spiritual equilibrium because this this seems to upset the order in which we think things ought to go and oftentimes this approach is used by Jesus in order to shake up our normalcy because we like normal we like familiar uh, uh, we hate for God to disrupt our comfort zone. And I want to begin by getting you to notice how difficult it is even for the disciples to hold on to truth. When I go back to Verse 1, it says here in the 17th chapter, After six days Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light, and behold, there uh, uh, appeared unto them Moses and Elijah, then answered Peter and said to Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here. And I think since we are here, we ought to erect three tabernacles. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Now, this is the same Peter, James, and John during Jesus' grief in the garden of Gethsemane. These are the same three that he brought to pray with him while he was agonizing and they went to sleep. It's funny how that folk can hang with you doing your glory. But they have a tendency to fade on you when you're going through your grief. Ooh, child. I didn't know you were going through all of that. Why didn't you let somebody know that you weren't working? That you're just now getting out of the hospital? And you know, I'm thinking I didn't call, have to call you when I received an insurance settlement and you found out about it and borrowed money. Anyway. Jesus is revealing something about himself that relates to the coming events surrounding his death. Peter, with the other two disciples, waking out of sleep, startled by the radiance of the glory of Jesus, missed the revelation, uh, and because of the emotion that they experienced at the moment, it suggested to them that they should build tents, thinking that by doing so, they could some way, somehow hold on and hold fast those moments that they had just experienced, thinking that some way, somehow, you can build some kind of tabernacle or tent around a place and the Spirit of God would stay there. Seeing that they had missed it, Jesus suggested to them to get down from the mountain. That they tell no one of the vision that was shown unto them until he be risen from the dead. And then we pick it up in verse 14 and where the, 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 uh, we read about this man who has a son that's a lunatic and uh, if we continue to read this we would uh, the enemy would suggest to us that these guys didn't have his disciples what they should have 
when he is when 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 this man confronts Jesus he confronts him and says to him I send him to your disciples but they couldn't heal him and notice here again, even those men who were with Jesus intently for the space of three years had difficulty in making the leap mentally into the mindset of Jesus Christ uh, that he had afforded them being around him for as long as they were. And it suggests to me that too many times uh, we hang around Jesus for the fishes and the loaves uh, without really gaining some insight into who, into the mindset of God so that we might let this mind be in us that was also in Christ Jesus. Because when we have that mindset, I believe that it affords us to be able to do some of the things that Jesus did. As a matter of fact, he told his disciples because he was going to send them the Holy Ghost, uh, Gloria, that the Holy Ghost himself would enable him, them to do the same thing that he did. And even greater works would they do because they had the Holy Ghost. And the challenge for them and the challenge even for us is moving from the mentality that we have because of all of our lives having been programmed to think a certain way. To only have a certain perception of Jesus Christ. Of even only having a certain perception of who we are in Christ. We may tell people that we are certain things, but deep down in the back of the recesses of our mind, we really don't believe what we are telling people. All of us have our backgrounds. And our backgrounds have locked us into certain dispositions and attitudes. And one of the most difficult things to do is to move from an attitude of bondage and oppression to a mindset of possession and freedom. And then begin to operate while within the parameters of what God has freely given us. Hallelujah, be able to operate in. The word of the Lord says that he has, 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 has deposited into these earthen vessels precious cargo the ability to do the same thing that he did. He told the disciples that if you have the faith of the size of a grain of mustard seed. And one of the things that we need to seek after is faith in God. Not faith in things, not faith in people, not faith in systems, but faith in God. Now, the Bible said that the disciples couldn't heal the lunatic at all. And yet, they were with Jesus all the time. Now comes the question that Jesus asked, and I'm rephrasing it so that it might be applicable to 2022. How much do I have to put in you before I can get a return on the investment that I've made in you? Or how much do I have to receive from God before I begin to walk in the faith that God says that I'm supposed to walk in? How long is it going to take me to be able to walk in the power of Almighty God? If God says I'm for you, then I'm more than the world against you. Why don't I have the courage uh, to step out on faith and believe God? If life and death is in the power of the tongue, why don't I have faith enough to speak life over my own self? To speak health over my own self. Hallelujah. To speak deliverance over my own self. And it's important to recognize here how important faith is in the life of the believer. Because it is our faith that serves as a bridge to get us from where we are to where God wants us to be. 
And this is why the ninth chapter of Mark, where this same story is told, Jesus questions uh, or calls into question uh, the level of faith that the disciples had of the Father. In other words, do you have the capacity to believe what I'm telling you so that you can do what I do? Why are you hanging around me? If you're not going to imitate me, why are you hanging around me? I didn't save you just so that you could pop your collar. I saved you so you could do the works. Because I don't want to distribute any kind of healing if you're not at a mental point where you actually have the ability to receive it. And this man's argument was that I came to your disciples and they couldn't heal my son. And this statement, El Boon, cut me to the core because I'm one of the disciples of Jesus Christ. And I just believe that when I pray, I pray in faith uh, and something will happen because I'm imitating my father. I'm actually using the name of Jesus Christ in order to make it happen. This is what it means to be Christ-like. Hallelujah. It means I can do what my daddy does. There is something that's been deposited in the womb of my spirit that enables me to do and say and get the kind of results that my dad gets when in fact our lives should be a reflection of Jesus Christ an express image of God and I believe that the church has been a little misguided until recently in that it has spent too much time and pray for me if you disagree, but I just believe we spent too much time in traditionalism rather than introducing Christ to people and engaging them in a relationship with God. And even now in the 21st century, we are spending more time dealing with health, wealth, and prosperity then we are promoting discipleship of Jesus Christ and walking, watch this, walking in kingdom authority. I brought him to your disciples. He had an attitude. I brought him to your disciples and they couldn't heal him. And this speaks to another issue that has become problematic for the church. There are too many folk that enjoy status enjoy the status of being important enjoying the status of being significant in the church but having no power to go along with the importance the disciples enjoyed the status of being with Jesus but on too many occasions they caused Jesus not to look good. The, the Bible records this kind of stuff. You ought to read it. The disciples wanted to keep the children from coming to Jesus until he told them to suffer the little, little children to come to me and forbid them not. Hallelujah. The disciples, and we talked about this a week or so ago, Hallelujah! They, they, they wanted to shut up the Syrophoenician woman who was hollering out for a miracle from the Lord because of an affliction that her daughter had. Jesus wasn't even paying this woman any attention. And the disciples, and I'm going to say this again because this is kind of like piggybacking on what I've already talked about since First Lady said this is all I talk about, but I believe that it's important until we all get it. And I have read sometimes that sometimes it takes about 28 times before people start getting it. But Jesus wasn't paying this woman any attention. 
and the, and, and the disciples thought they would try to come to Jesus' defense when they said, Lord, send her away, for she crieth after us. Now, why would you assume that she's crying after you? Seeing how you have demonstrated no power whatsoever. You have nothing to give this lady. Why would you be going to the Lord talking about she's crying after us? No, she's not. And we laugh, but, but, but there are people that are hurting, but they can't cry after us. Because us has nothing to give them. The exchange between the woman and Jesus is wonderful in the, in the fact that, that the statement that she, uh, that she makes esteems Jesus on one hand. And then I believe if you read it correctly, you can sort of understand where she kind of sends the disciples to hell on the other hand. But she says, have mercy on me. Oh Lord, thou son of David, my, my daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. And the Bible says he answers her not a word. When Jesus finally does speak to her, he says, I am not sent, but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Is it not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs? And all the while, the disciples are whispering, saying, send her away. Even though they themselves had no power to cast any devils out. Folk would have sent you and me away a long time ago if they had had the chance to send us away. Because we didn't come in a nice, neat, wrapped package. We didn't come like the Gerber baby where all our hair was combed and, and then we were, uh, our faces and our skin was all lotioned up and we had on a brand new diaper and we just looked picture perfect. No, that's not how we came. Some of us came, uh, hallelujah, toe up from the flow up. Hallelujah. Some of us came, uh, hallelujah, with so much baggage uh, until we needed a cart. But I thank God that he looked beyond our faults. Uh, he looked, he knew what he wanted to make out of us. Uh, and he knew that he had the power to extricate from you everything that was not like him. Uh, hallelujah. So he could turn you into what you are right now. The disciples could not heal this lunatic. They wanted the Syrophoenician woman gone. They were trying to send the children away. They are caught in a storm on another occasion at sea. And even though Jesus had sent them, hallelujah, they can't go back. And it seems as though they can't go forward. And so Jesus has to come to them walking on the water to rescue them. Because none of them had the mindset, even though they had been with Jesus, uh, even though he had deputized them uh, to do great things, they had already seen uh, by using the name of Jesus uh, that they could do great things, but they still didn't have the mind of Christ because when they themselves got into a crisis, they panicked. But even that was a setup to let them know that even a sequestered disciple needs to be shaken from time to time. That even when you with all of your experience in the Lord and all of the titles that you have amassed and all of the service that you have given, it doesn't matter who you are from time to time. God will put us in a place where we realize that we need the Lord Jesus. Because situations in life will come sooner or later. <laughs> 
and some most of the time sooner rather than later to a point to where you have to call on him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You have to say, Jesus, thou son of David, help me. I feel somebody praying for me right now. Hallelujah. But sometimes Jesus allows us to get into situations. Hallelujah. Because you can't get to the next level in God. Hallelujah. Without a revelation from God. And the revelation from God doesn't come without a crisis. I know what I'm talking about. The problem is that whenever there is a new crisis in our lives, there's a tendency to panic before we praise. The question now becomes, is, is it that the enormity of the next revelation is so significant that it eliminates the memory of what God has done already. That's why you hear me say that whenever the God does something notable in your life, you need to be like Jacob and create a monument there so that you can remember from whence God has brought you. You had open heart surgery you need to make a momentum. You need to write the date on a calendar. So every day that that comes around, you remember just what God did for you. So the next crisis that comes into your life, you'll be able to say, if he brought me through that, the only reason he's bringing me to this is so that he can take me higher. But I've got to have a, a mind change about it. There is no such thing as a revelation that's not connected to a need. People who have no needs get no revelation. People that have no needs, they got it going on. They say, okay, geez, I got this. They don't get revelation. Is there anybody in here that has a need? Hallelujah. If you got a need, you can get a revelation. And I can't get to an enormous level in God without going through an enormous challenge, which ultimately stretches my faith so that I think of God the whole time I'm going through. So I think of God all the way so that I hit memory recall uh, and remember what he did for me back then. Uh, hallelujah. So that I have a glossary of scripture uh, that comes back to me. Uh, hallelujah. And says to me uh, through many dangers, toils and snails, I've already come. These light afflictions, which are but for a moment, they are working for me. A far more eternal weight of glory. There shall be glory after this trial. There shall be glory after this test. And so I'm going to have faith in God. Hallelujah. I don't believe that he brought me to it without taking me through it. And so I'm going to give God the praise. Why else would David say, after all he had been through, uh, that I will bless the Lord? Uh, and I'll bless him. I'll bless him when I'm going into the operating room. Uh, hallelujah, because I know, uh, because God is on my side, uh, the, 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 all things work together for good. See, at the same point, God starts changing my mind. He changes my mind so I can start thinking like he thinks. So that I can start experiencing more victories. 
Hallelujah. So my victories start outnumbering my defeats. So that I begin to put the devil under my feet and not cry when I see the enemy coming. Hallelujah. Now, when I see the enemy coming, I can say, I've got something for you because greater is he that lives in me. I'm not afraid. I was expecting you all the time. Hallelujah. I would think it's strange if you don't come by every now and then to try to buffet me. Now, I can begin to take authority over my urges, over my habits, hallelujah, over my proclivities. Uh, and, and I would like to also suggest to you uh, that, 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 that that particular thing doesn't come easily. Some of you already know that. Glory to God. That's why we should be mindful to pray one for another in the house of God because we already know that this change doesn't come easily. Even when we make a mistake, the Bible tells us, hallelujah, if your brother be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of considering yourself because many days from now it might be you you might be Elijah one day here you are hallelujah standing against the 400 prophets of Baal 400 and the next time you're hiding in a cave because somebody said I don't like you So it's this vacillation that we have between spirituality and, and flesh and carnality. And so it becomes important for us to pray one for another. I solicit your prayers. Hallelujah. Let the strong bear the infirmities of the weak. Now, going back to this story where we have a man whose son is being controlled by a demonic spirit and in their dialogue where this story is told in the book of Mark Jesus asked the father how long has he been like this and the re father replies that his son has been this way since he was a little boy and I've tried everything I brought him to your disciples and they could not heal him. Now, the father's mindset is fixed as a result of the previous experiences that he's had in this particular area. I'm almost done because I want to pray. One of the hardest things to do is to keep your level of expectation high. When all you've ever experienced was disappointment. God wants to take us to the next level. God wants to fill us with his power. God wants to perform miracles through us and for us. But his hands are tied because we don't have the right mindset. But I'm glad that you are here today because I'm coming after this faithless spirit on this morning. I am speaking faith in this house. I believe I have enough faith to speak faith over you. One of the things that the father does not say which upset me. He said, I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. He never did say how the son got there in the first place. Because I'm of the mindset, I could be wrong. But when there's a foul spirit that falls on somebody in your house, 
the enemy is not just looking for somebody in the house. He is trying to take territory over the whole house. And when you sense you that's filled with the Holy Ghost power with a mighty burning fire sense uh, that there's an unclean spirit in your house, you've got to stand up uh, and begin to take authority over the enemy. Sometimes you can't wait for somebody else to do it for you. The same Holy Ghost that's in me is the same Holy Ghost. The only thing that might be different is our mindset because I've seen God work. I've seen God do miracles. I've seen God turn things around. He turned my own life around. Hallelujah. I've seen him do it for others. Glory to God. So I am fully persuaded that God wants to do it for you. And I understand that mindsets aren't changed easily because some of us have had a certain mindset for a long time. And I'm coming after this negative mind spirit today because if you're going to help people, one of the first things that we've got to help them to do is to think better. Because you can't live any better than you think. And you can't think any better than what you know. That's why the word of God, hallelujah, gives us to know how important it is for us to know the word of God. Because when I stand on the word of God, God has to perform his word. His, by his word said, he hastens to perform his word. And many of us don't know the word. We don't know what to ask because we don't know how to ask. We don't know how to ask it according to his will or his word. For example, if I've had a bad experience in relationships, one of the things that many people do when they meet somebody new is that in order to protect themselves from being disappointed again and being disappointed too badly, they lower their expectations of the person that they're sitting across the table from because their thinking in the back of the mind is that I'm not going to let him do to me what, what Roger did. There's nobody in here named Roger, is it? So you go into this new relationship because you've got the urge. And it took you a while because you had to get over the hurt and the pain from your previous relationship. So this next time you're a bit more guarded. You're not going to put yourself all the way out there. You are refrained. You won't even allow yourself, even though down on the inside you are so excited about this new person, but on the outside you're not stone-faced. You're not letting, you're not letting anybody in. You're sure not going to give anybody, tell anybody about your previous relationships. You are not going, you have lowered your expectations so that when, because you believe that this is not going to last, when it does come to an end, you'll say, I knew it was coming. I didn't expect for it to last more than three or four weeks. But look at the contradiction here. I'm putting myself in a situation with you. Look at the contradiction. I'm over here on one side of the table and you're over there on the other side of the table and you have lowered your expectations of me based on somebody else. Think about that. About some previous relationship. My name is Mike. My name is not Roger. You come into the, mind, to the relationship with a mindset of being disappointed, expecting the worst. So you've got all these defense mechanisms going on. So I, in essence, don't have a shot. Yeah. 
because you got all this going on. And after a little while, what I see sitting in front of me on the other side of the table is not hurt, but suspicion. Because you haven't even divulged to me all that you have been through so that I can make sure that I don't do anything to open up a wound that you got a scab on because you're trying to heal. And people have this kind of relationship when they go into a new church. I'm going to get through in a minute. Just pray for me. Their level of expectation is lowered sometimes because of previous disappointments and church hurt. And so it becomes important. Let me just stop and put a pin right here. Uh, uh, God is blessing us here. If you look around the room, you'll see people here now that you didn't see here two months ago. And God is sending people here. And a lot of the people, even though they look all dressed up, they're pristine, they look nice, they smile at you when they see you, they're hurting on the inside. And they need somebody to come along beside them, beside them and encourage them. Hallelujah. In the way of the Lord. They need to see somebody that's holy. They need to see somebody that's really saved, that's committed to the Lord Jesus, that the love of God exudes from them so that they can begin to feel comfortable being in our presence. Try to get back to this man and pray. And so this man says to Jesus, because he doesn't want to take any responsibility, he says, if you can do anything let me say that again. He's talking to Jesus. He says to Jesus, if, if you can do anything. Help him, Jesus. If you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Some way, somehow, he realized that all of a sudden, Sister Kelly, it wasn't about only his son. He first came for his son, but after having an encounter with Jesus, he, did, he, he, he somehow is able to surmise that it's not only my boy. Help us. And there's nothing wrong with that. Notice that his words suggest that he's at a place where he has to resolve in his mind that he is going to have to have some form of help for his problem. And he believed that he probably needs it for the rest of his life. So the suggestion here is that he almost insinuates and says to the Lord, I would be happy if Jesus could do anything, just something. And in case there is anybody in here that is at a point in the way that they think about the Lord, that if he can just give you some relief, if he can just do anything, that if he can just lift the burden a little bit. His mindset had been in captivity for so long that he is not even bold enough to ask for what he really wants. But the word of God, and I'm saying this to somebody and I'm almost through. The word of God says, come boldly before the throne of grace that you might obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. That anything that you ask in my name believing, you shall, somebody say you shall. Somebody say, I shall receive it. When you have the mind of Christ, you don't come before the Lord mincing words. You don't even come to the Lord trying to be politically correct. When a man is drowning, hallelujah, he just cried out, help me. 
help me. When you have the mind of Christ, you know that you can have what you desire of the Lord. And what you desire of the Lord is what you ask for. The whole approach is different here. This man asked if you can do anything. And Jesus plays, I like him. He plays on the word anything. He says, anything? By responding to the man by saying, uh, did you know that all things are possible? Okay. If you only believe. You ask me if I can do anything, I'm telling you I can do everything if you can believe. If you are coming to me, you've got to come to me with the correct mindset. If I can do anything, put limitations on me. If I can do anything, puts limitations on you when you go and apply for the job. If I can do anything, puts limitations on the lawyer that's representing you in court, the doctor that's practicing medicine, the preacher that's trying to get a miracle from God for you. Because Jesus says, I am not and if I can do anything, God. I am, uh, I can do all things, God. Say that with me. I can do all things, God. We're getting ready to pray. So what has to happen in your life is something has to occur that shakes up the way that you think about Jesus. And God has to heal you in such a miraculous way that you can now believe God for all things. All things are possible to him that believe. Would you help ask the question to the person that's next to you and just ask them, is there anything too hard for God? Is there anything that God can't do? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You have to be able to rebound in a hotly con contested divorce and say in a way like Job said that it was good for me. Oh, David said, it was good for me that I had been afflicted. For if I had not been afflicted, I would never have known the power of God. And one of the things I believe strongly without a doubt, that's why I can still preach to you. And I can have a good conscience about preaching to you. Is because my faith has been tested. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And I come out on the other side praising and magnifying the name of the Lord. And this is what I believe and we're going to pray. This is what I believe. This is what I advocate. This is what I say to people that the Lord will never allow anything to be taken from you without restoring it, Mr. Mary, with something of equal or greater value. You'll catch that when you get home. I don't care who hurt you, disappointed you. I don't care how many setbacks that you've had. As long as you keep having faith in God, God will turn that thing around. He'll do for you what he did for Job. Hallelujah. After Job had lost everything, God gave him double for his trouble. Touch somebody and tell them it's time for your mind to take a leap of faith. Would you stand? This is something that's easier said than done, but I believe that I can say it now because I've had to live through it. And one of the things that I've learned, Brother Wilson, is that when 
you're in a position of having to tell other people about faith and how to hold on and how to go through at some point in time God puts you on display and everybody gets a chance to see what your metal is made of if you really believe God or not or if you just talk it But there's somebody here that God wants to change the way that you think. And he has used the advent of preaching to help change the mind of people. You live in a very enviable position. There are so many people that would like to be in the position that you are in because you're covered under the shadow of the almighty wings of God and God is just waiting for you to demonstrate the kind of faith and adopt the mindset of Jesus Christ so that he can perform miracles in your life and through your life if that's you on today, I'm going to ask you to make your way to the altar. Just by reason of making your way here will suggest to the enemy that I'm believing God for a mind change. I've talked the talk long enough. I want to be able to walk the walk. And I pray that you don't let pride get in the way. Say, I got here first. So you don't have anybody to impress. You know you've got something up before the Lord and that thing has been hanging around like a noose, like an anvil. I'm going to urge you to come. you need a miracle from the Lord I know I do and this is the chance where I get to exercise my faith to ask the Lord to change my mind because if he changes my mind he'll change the way I, I do things the way I operate He'll change the way that I think about what's happening to me. And I won't consider it to be strange. But I'll be able to come before God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask you to pray with me. These are our brothers and our sisters. And if you'll pray with them. It takes courage sometimes to, hallelujah, admit openly before everybody that you need God. Too many of us want to do it in secret. But I praise God because you're letting the enemy know, hallelujah, this is the place where I'm getting off. This is a place where I get it turned around. Hallelujah. Let this mind be in you. That's also in Christ Jesus. So that I can begin to take authority over the enemy. Hallelujah. So I have some say about what goes on in my life. Spirit of the living God. Hallelujah, Lord. We come thanking you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the power. Thank you for the mindset. Thank you because there's nobody like you. Here I cry, dear God. Hallelujah. I come. I come, God. 
God. I don't make any excuses. I come. Hallelujah. I come because I need you. because you said in your word that when mother and father forsake me then the Lord will take me up and so I'm asking you have mercy have mercy Lord in the name of Jesus I'm yours you haven't changed your mind about me hallelujah you've got a calling on my life hallelujah and you haven't changed one moment uh, about the way that you feel about me. Touch me right now, God, in the name of Jesus. Wash me, oh God, in your blood. Yes, Lord. Glory to God. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow in the name of Jesus 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 God we break we bless your name I bless your name God I thank you Lord that I've got you to run to I got you to call on Lord you said you would be a very present help in the time of trouble hallelujah that I could cast all my cares on you because you care I pray for faith faith to move mountains in the name of Jesus faith God I speak faith I proclaim faith hallelujah I confer faith right now in the name of Jesus Lord that you would have your way have your way, oh God. Give her the ability, the faith-filled words to speak over her situation. In the name of Jesus. 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 Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. God, you said in your word, I am healed by the wounds in your side. Yes, Lord. Glory to God. It's by your stripes. In the name of Jesus. Now I'm healed. Your name is healing. You're Jehovah Rapha. In the name of Jesus. This week, God, be with him. Go before him. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Touch God. Guide the hands of the surgeons. In the name of Jesus. They're practicing medicine, but you are the great healer. In the name of Jesus. Let it be unto us now, God, according to our faith. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. You have spoken to do exceeding uh, abundantly above all that we can ask or think uh, according to the power that worketh in us uh, in the name of Jesus do it for your glory do it for your glory God do it for your glory in the name of Jesus uh, yes Lord 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 uh, I want more, God. I want more. In the name of Jesus, I pray for wisdom. I pray for knowledge. I pray for understanding. Right now, God, in the name of Jesus, faith, God. Faith, Lord, to step out on your promise. Faith, God, to know what your word says. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I speak faith. I speak a mindset. Hallelujah. That believes God can do anything except fail. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Hallelujah. Have mercy on me, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I appeal. I appeal, Lord, for mercies. In the name of Jesus. Speak over my house. In the name of Jesus, I'm standing in the gap, God. Hallelujah. Have mercy. Let your power be made manifest in her life. In the name of Jesus, I 
pray. I pray for a new wave, a new wave of your spirit, a new wave of glory to sweep over that house in the name of Jesus. Take authority over every foul spirit in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Cast down strongholds in the name of Jesus. Every high thing that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God, we take authority over it now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Touch me, Lord. Touch my life. In the name of Jesus. Touch me, God. Feel me. Fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your spirit. In the name of Jesus. Fill me, God. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Take out everything that's not like you. Create in me, God, a clean heart. Renew a right spirit on the inside of me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I pray for conversion. Pray for an experience with the Lord Jesus himself. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. I pray for comfort in the name of Jesus. I pray for strength. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. You promised God that you would never leave us, that you would never forsake us that you would be there to the end of the age. You said in your word that in our weakness, your strength is made perfect. Perfect your strength in him. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Stand by him, O oh God. Enable him, O oh God, to be an example of true holiness, even in the time of difficulty. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Build him up where he's torn down. Strengthen him where he's weak. In the name of Jesus. So that he might be an example of true holiness to his family. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, somebody help me praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, praise the Lord. Come on, push out. Push out the praise. Hallelujah. We pray for freedom. We pray for liberty. Hallelujah. 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 Before we close out, I just heard the Lord say, Thank you for listening today. If you want to learn more info about our church, visit us on our website at www.topchurchlv.com. We hope this message encouraged you to know you can live victoriously through Jesus Christ. Join us next week for another sermon to uplift your spirit.